They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. I'm here once again with my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then, now, and forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermill. Sexy doesn't die. Gets sexier every day. The longest rated Mr. Sexy Punakana. <laughs> the longest rated in history. I, I think they, the, the competition is now defunct. <laughs> My hair's getting He sexy. shut it down. I shut I it actually down. finally heard the story about that last week. I shut the place down. Yeah, he did. Also here with Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Vienna, Austria, the resident European champion. Has Austin Aries accepted your challenge yet? Still waiting. He has not a, a, apologized to me yet either. No. Nope. But we had the first SmackDown brand-specific pay-per-view in Backlash on Sunday. Battling it out for the WWE World Championship, AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. This was the culmination of an incredible year for AJ Styles. Obviously, there's still a few months to go for him to hit the one-year mark. But in eight months, he now is the WWE World Champion after being the IWGP Champion. Something he's never held. TNA Champion. Was he the Ring of Honor Champion, too? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know he either. He may have been. He held a title. I don't know if he was the champion. Okay, but he's accomplished a lot in his years in wrestling. Now is the champion of the biggest company in the world of wrestling. Got arguably Dean Ambrose's best match of the year out of him. Arguably. Uh, which one do you think was better? Splitch. Oh, so Roadblock. Was that 2016? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it was. It was February. February. Uh, yeah. Great match for both guys. I thought there was a lot of intensity to this. I thought that both guys went, you know, back and forth a lot, threw everything at each other. One of my favorite moments was right before AJ did the 450 springboard. He said, let's see if you kick out of this. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Another ref bump, though. Uh, go, going to the well. It wasn't yeah. Brian Hebner. It wasn't. None of the Hebners wore his, wore his card. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should mention Throwback Madness. We just recorded. It'll be available on Monday. There were a lot of ref bumps on that show. Unforgiven 2002. Check it out on Monday. It was a trend. <laughs> it was a trend. But, Joey, I know you're a huge AJ guy. Of course. You've been following him for a long time. P1, baby. What, what, are, what are your thoughts? What were, what were your feelings when he held up that WWE championship? Well, my first feeling was... I look forward to seeing what happens tomorrow night on Monday Night Wait! <laughs> I'm not going to see what happens tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. My fair party after pay per view to lead into the next show. Yeah. But uh, the first time we had to worry about that. I was kind of surprised <laughs> they put it on that quick. Not not disappointed, but surprised. I, I thought there was going to be something that happened to postpone it, but I was very excited to see him win the title. It gave me a, a, a shot of adrenaline. So you were very happy about it? I was happy. I had, my, I had my P1 gonna... gloves on. <laughs> did you that, really? That, that you done it, that, that is... How big did that hole get? Oh, it's getting bigger. Is it? Yeah. We'll have to send him to a seamstress. Maybe we'll send him to Mikazi to fix it. <laughs> Can you fix my P1 gloves? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, How was your friend feeling about the uh, AJ Styles winning the title this early? Uh, which friend? The guy with the, the voice. Oh, uh, who would have thought AJ Styles <laughs> would have won the WWE World Championship after he had arguably the match of the night against John Cena at SummerSlam. No one saw that coming. No. Did, did you ever think you would see AJ Styles as the WWE World Champion? Eventually, yeah. I don't I mean since he's been in WWE. I mean, when you liked him back in TNA, did you nah. ever think that was something that would happen? Nah. 
No? I didn't think I'd ever see him in WWE. <laughs> and now he's the, the top guy. Oh, yeah. Alo, your thoughts on the match and AJ becoming champion? Well, the whole the whole show was awesome. It, it, it completely shocked me. I was me entertained. Cause, yeah, because I, I didn't even want to watch the show last week. Yeah, as bad as the build was. Yeah. I think show did a very good job. I mean, they, they built up nothing, but they somehow managed to pay off every bit of nothing that they gave Yeah, yeah, before. yeah. And all the problems I had with the show, it's st- it was still good. But it was still good. It was still good at whole. Like, if I had to rate it, I would, I would give it a high slobber knocker. But the match was great. The, you know, you guys know I'm hard on Dean Ambrose because people mm-hmm. always hate Roman Reigns, but I'm, I'm always going to be hard on Dean Ambrose because yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't really do anything He's getting good. a pass. Yeah. But this was his, probably his arguably his best match of the year. They got no 25 doubt. minutes. Yeah, they got a lot of time. How would you feel about the pay-per-view ending 15 minutes early? I was thrilled. I was thrilled. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was ready to do a moonsault. Exactly. <laughs> After that was over. Yeah, like... This, if, if that ever happens again, get it on video. I would like to see that moonsault. I will. After. <laughs> like, I you like, might not see me again after I try it. <laughs> the last few minutes were the highlights of the match, of course, but I thought the match was real physical. I like the edge that Dean Ambrose showed. I actually like we saw the calf crusher yeah. for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. and AJ constantly going back to that to beat Dean. Even the fight, the spot where they, um, they, Dean threw AJ in the crowd, and then and Ambrose threw the, when Oak ran through the tables and jumped in the crowd. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. My nitpick. Okay. If I love AJ, I wanted him to win, but... Another low blow. I've read a lot about this particular thing. It made sense, mm-hmm. but another low blow. Great heel move. It made sense. It fits with the story, but another low blow. Why is it, it low It makes blow? sense for Dean to lose to the low blow, too. Yeah. Like, the idea that you throw everything you can at Dean Ambrose, and he still won't go away. So, the low... You're right. The low blow... When it first happened, I was like, oh, really? And then I was like, well, he's a heel. Yeah, it's a great heel move, but my problem is that was a thing... On SmackDown, and then the previous week on SmackDown, yeah. And AJ so they was, kept the theme. The yeah, one, the one theme running through yeah, it was yeah, low blows. Yeah, and AJ was going to make this SmackDown show all about low blows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's carry it through. It's like it's, it's like 1989, <laughs> America's Funniest yeah. Home Videos. It's, it's kind of like Taker. And he's only walking around with wiffle ball bat. You cover up. <laughs> it's kind of like Taker and Brock last year. Yeah. It was all about low blows. You're right. It made sense. Great. It, like if this if. That wasn't going on for the previous two weeks. I've been fine with it, but I was like, "Come on, man, really?" Yeah, it's like no, you, you are right. About it makes that. sense, but it's like well, another. Yeah, it's a way to keep Dean Ambrose in the picture. Yeah, to have a, a significant gripe for losing the title the way he did. Yeah, but it was cheap. Yeah, I thought the match was great, and uh, the uh, ongoing thing that this match runs my mind. Like, this is better than Roman AJ. Mm. That was an ongoing thought in my mind. I don't know if it was. To be honest, did Roman? you did you make a decision on that? Whether you thought it was better than Roman and AJ? I don't think it was. Well, see, I can't. I don't think it was. But remember, Roman and AJ had two matches. I prefer the match at um, Payback mm-hmm. other than over their Extreme Rules match, and that was a straight up match. Yeah. But when they get their second match, we'll see. But this one, no, I prefer Roman. I prefer um, Roman and AJ. But I, I like it carries the story over. It progresses AJ, who beat. We'll get to that on SmackDown. It progresses AJ off the high of beating John Cena. And now he's at the high, he has the high of being the world champion. Yeah. I may say something right now that contradicts something I say all the time about the title. Or maybe actually just proves the fact that WWE doesn't make the titles matter. But I feel like there was something. The stakes against Roman Reigns were higher. Some, I guess just because Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. He's been built as the guy. He's the biggest star they have outside of John Cena. 
So him going up against Roman Reigns, I feel like the stakes were higher to me than him going against Dean Ambrose, just because Reigns is a bigger guy in the pecking order. Um, one one of the other highlights for me was when AJ ran into the two indie guys in the back in the backstage area. <laughs> one, why were they in their ring gear? Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were not going exactly. to be on that. <laughs> why were they all sweaty? <laughs> um, two. I loved AJ act like, yeah, you know, I've been where you guys are. I know what great. it's all about. You, you guys are destined for failure. Like, you're expecting <laughs> to talk him up. And in, in typical AJ, like, smug AJ fashion. Hey, I, I know what you, what you guys are going through. You guys are destined for failure. I thought that was great. It was hysterical. Not only why were they in the wrestling gear, why are they all sweaty like they just wrestled? What, what <laughs> I mean, were they, they actually doing? What was going on? I don't know. We'll, we'll never get the answer to that. But even if it was only for them to be there for AJ to say that, it, it was worth it for them to be planted there. Uh, I thought that was hysterical. Um, forgot to do this at the top of the show. Anybody who listened to the show last week, who listens to it this week, you heard our phenomenal new entrance music, our new theme song, written by the most incredible Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No great, relation. No relation. Great friend of the show. Great friend of the show. Produced by Ryan Martin. You can check out Donovan's music at soundcloud.com slash donarte, D-O-N-A-R-T-E. The theme music will be available on our Facebook page, and we will begin to provide links to the rest of Donovan's music on our Facebook page as well. I just want to give a shout-out to Donovan. Uh, Thank you, Donovan. Yeah, I know you had something you wanted to say to Donovan. Oh, well, expect expect a care package from the from. <laughs> The, your lovely family at the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. We're, yeah. we're, we're like a big, happily smiling family. We're, we're like the Anawaii family. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're not like the Wyatt family. Yeah. We're, like, we're like the Rocks family. Yeah. A bunch of smiling guys. Do we have a compound? <laughs> we, we don't yet. Oh, man. No, we we're we're working on Can it. Can we get on that? With any luck, we'll get a compound really Try soon. It. I need someone to have obscure matches. <laughs> Somewhere to have obscure matches. We'll, we'll work on it. Well, okay. We could go to the one in my seasonal residence in Finland. <laughs> well, yes, Donovan, thank you again. Much appreciated. The song is incredible. Yeah, it is awesome. Very much appreciated. Awesome adds, a, adds a new uh, new dynamic to the show. So, thank you again. Uh, match, like I said, got 25 minutes. It was a long match, but the right which, result. Which result should be for a title. Yeah, that, that might be the longest title match since uh, WrestleMania. I'm just happy it ended 15 minutes early. Me I'm too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Moving on to Fair the women. Enough. We had a six-pack challenge to crown the first SmackDown Women's Champion. Becky Lynch, Natalia, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Bella, and Carmella. Uh, first things first. What'd you guys think? What do you guys think of Alexa's new excellent new gear? The the uh, Harley Quinn inspired look. I like the look outside the lipstick. Maybe I'm maybe I'm nitpicking a little. It's, it's your nitpick. That's it my nitpick. Lipstick. But uh, Alexa Bliss really surprised me overall. Not even just the look. She's but awesome. She's she really is. good. Uh, and what do you think of Carmella? Did not get any reaction. Why is she still acting face? I guess that's she's just what she does. She's, she's learning. not she's used to being. Yeah, still. she's not used to being the heel. So this is one of the reasons I thought it would have been good for them to turn her heel against Bailey in NXT, and then she would have had some experience doing it. Well, I thought they should have brought up Enzo and Castle. People could know who they are, and they'll cheer her regardless. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I thought this was actually a better match than I expected. A lot yeah, of times these things are just. It surprised me, especially with the like the large group of women that were going to be in there. Sometimes they just. 
too much. They um they gave each other time in the ring. Other people were knocked out of the ring, and it, it was it was a really good match, start to finish. Yeah, they got almost fifteen minutes, which is almost unheard of for a women's match. But it was nine and a half minutes until the first pinfall. I like that, but then they started dropping faster. That's like, what I didn't dropping like. Dropping like flies. I didn't like that. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is great. You're establishing all these women to last this long without a pinfall. That was great, but after they started dropping like flies, I was like, okay, y'all. That's when they probably they, got they the signal. Like They messed it up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought it was good to make them all last for a while, but then, yeah, it was just like boom, boom, Too boom. Too quick. Yeah, eliminated, eliminated. They're getting the signal, eliminated. man. You're running over. I thought Naomi had a really good performance, especially. Yeah, she was awesome for her time in there. They had the one little misstep, whatever they were trying to do in the ropes with her and Natty. Mm-hmm. I think she was trying to like use her legs to throw Natty out of the ring. They kind of, she kind of got hung up in the ropes a little bit, but she did a lot of cool stuff. She did a blockbuster, <laughs> whatever, whatever that was. Was it kind of like a powerbomb blockbuster? I don't even remember what exactly like happened. That. But uh, have, that's uh, it's kind of the, the old Brian Kendrick. Oh, the neckbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I thought that was great. But like you said, they, people got eliminated really fast. But I thought they picked the right winner. To be the first SmackDown sure. champion, uh, Becky Lynch, very happy to win that championship. Had a nice interview afterwards. But I thought, and I've been critical of SmackDown for just throwing every woman on the roster in every segment that they have. But I thought in this case, they actually allowed them all to shine in, in a way on on the biggest stage. So Joey, I know you like the match. I like the match. Alo. You had a little bit of problem with the way that they all started. I like, yeah, really I like the match because I, I thought it was great. They gave him time to actually do because, like, there were even false finishes in the in in, yeah. in in the first nine minutes of the match. It wasn't like usually in these kind of matches. It's the first big move you're eliminated. And you yeah. start dropping like flies. I, I like that aspect. That I didn't like right after the first elimination. They just started going away. Naomi Naomi shine in her in her time before she got eliminated. I like Carmella being a classic heel mm-hmm. and avoiding Nikki Bella and then yeah. rolling her up. That yeah. that was great. I agree with the one like I didn't really care who won. I like I like all these women. I think I like they showed up a lot of com- a lot of confidence in throwing them out there first. Right. And it actually it, it played out well for them. It's not even like they what? they didn't disappoint as the opening. Yeah, they didn't at all. They didn't at all. I, like, like I don't know. The, this, did you hear the crowd boo or anything? The crowd the crowd sounded a little funny to me. Um, I didn't notice boos, but it definitely was not a hot crowd. I didn't, crowd yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice boos. Yeah. I, I think Becky Lynch. Is my right. brother texted me and like, "Are they booing them?" I'm like, I, I, I can't really tell. They, they, the only time I heard some grumbling that I remember is like I mentioned that one spot where they got hung up in the ropes, where I was like, "Ready, all? Oh, there's probably some idiot out there yelling botchamania." Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to punch him in the face. He screwed up. Still on that high, so <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm glad for Becky won because for a year she's been booked horribly, essentially, and. She she deserved it, no doubt. And you saw the emotion of the win. Yeah, yeah. the only one of the Which four is... horse women not to have a title yet. So I thought it was good for them to give it to her for that. Yeah, reason. It, it, and something you always say in the, in um how how we we talked about a lot on the show. We feel a lot, uh, we feel connected to a lot mm-hmm. of these people because NXT is kind of so called their their indie or their territory or whatever you want or whatever you want to call it. So. It's like we see them grow up before our eyes. Yeah. Like we saw Becky. We remember Becky Lynch when she was Bailey's tag team partner, coming out with Bailey, and now she's the women's champion. We saw we saw how they how they so called scratched and clawed mm-hmm. their way to the top and how far they've come. Yeah, Mick Foley, for example, he always talks about how he drove the fourteen hours from uh, Long Island to be down there for Becky and Sasha's takeover match. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like we were we've been getting more and more invested in especially those four women for over the course of you know a year and a half probably in NXT maybe more and now they're a year and a half up on the main roster and it has not always been the way we wanted it to go but it's actually worked out where now three of the four have been a champion on the main roster yeah and Becky, it's a matter of time before Bailey yeah, won. Yeah, and Becky deserves it because she's been essentially a stepping stone for these new women on SmackDown. Yeah. And it's always great to have a feel-good moment and you actually feel for them. And that's what happened on, on um, Backlash. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match. The Miz, who is, despite what anybody says, at the top of his game. And Dolph Who wouldn't Ziggler. say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we know a couple people. We got a c- couple of haters. Couple of haters. Couple, couple idiots. Of couple of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Who don't get it? <laughs> Who don't get it? <laughs> so we had the the little uh, confrontation between Miz and Daniel Bryan. So good. Miz saying if he wins this match, he wants a new contract. You putting yeah. Daniel Bryan in a precarious position. I'll give them. They gave them 18 minutes. The Miz usually doesn't get this kind of time. No. For a match, so I, I was happy about that. Especially going in there with a guy like Dolph. So, one thing I'm I'm kind of on the fence how I feel about this, and I know I mentioned this to you. I don't think I mentioned it to you, and I don't know if you've seen this anywhere. But they actually mocked the CM Punk fight for the first like 40 seconds of this match. Did they? They basically it was like a carbon copy. It was shortened because Punk's match was. Two minutes and 14 seconds. This was only like 30 to 40. But they they basically role-played it. And part of me thought it was funny, but part of me is just not happy that they did it. I get why they did it, because Vince McMahon, as successful as he's been, is one of the most petty people on oh, the yeah, face of the for earth. Sure. They're lost? Yeah. <laughs> Go out there and mock them. So, I guess before we get into this match, there might be a better place for this, but because it just came up, CM Punk had a, a UFC fight on Saturday, as everybody knows. It was 21 months in the making. There were a lot of people who have been spewing a lot of hate and negativity at CM Punk for his choice to leave WWE, his choice to try his hand at mixed martial arts. I wrote something about this on Saturday night after the fight because I actually felt a lot of personal investment in this. Mm. I missed a lot of Punk's career because I wasn't watching WWE for a lot of it. Shame on you. Yeah, but one of the things I respect about Punk and do know about Punk is he talked. He said a lot of things that most people wouldn't say. His dissatisfaction with the company, his belief in himself was something that ultimately played out in his character, which made him brought a him to better a new character. level. Yeah, that's why he's has a big enough name for Dana White to want to sign him and put him in UFC, is because he made himself a big name based on his own self belief. He was someone who clearly WWE was a toxic work environment for him. He was unhappy there. He needed to get out. He talks anytime you hear him talk, he talks about how much happier he is now that he's not doing that. He gets to sleep in his own bed. He gets to spend time with his wife and his dog. He's like, I'm just a lot happier now. So there's there's some of that that I can relate to, as I've talked to you about my job quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I work in a very toxic environment. 
part of doing this podcast, doing the writing I do, is trying to find an avenue out of that life and into a life where I'm happier. There's a lot of is people. Is this where that, you're naturally going to be a UFC fighter? No. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not. Um, but, but where I'm going with this is there's a lot of people in my own life who will ask me every time they see me, oh, are you still doing the podcast? As if, like, I should have given up doing it already, like it's a waste of time. Oh, you still, you still write that column? Like, yeah. CM Punk has fallen into that where people see you as one thing, and I don't know if it's discomfort with themselves or discomfort with the fact that life doesn't have to be one thing, but so many people want you to just stay in your lane, the lane where they see you. They don't want you to try to be something better. No left they turns. Don't, yeah, they don't stay want you straight. to try to be something more than what they see you as. And a lot of people resent him for the fact that he had the audacity to think, you know what, I can try something else. Did he lose? Yes, he did. I knew he was going to lose. I kind of knew he was going to lose in that fashion. But he went out there. He put his neck on the line. He made somebody else into a star by doing it. Now people know who Mickey Gall is because he beat CM Punk. Mm. Uh, but I think that guy deserves a lot of respect for going out there. He put two years into it. He did lose in two minutes and 14 seconds. His walk down to the octagon was longer than the fight itself. But even just that, there's nobody who was watching that. And Halo, I'm pretty sure you didn't watch it. No. I don't know if you watched it or I not. I couldn't. I was out. No excuses. So the, the big thing was, what's his entrance music going to be? And a lot of wrestling fans hoped it was Cult of Personality. I thought there's no way he's going to do it because he's trying to distance himself from that. Doesn't want to be known as that anymore. But Mickey Gall comes down to the octagon. It's silent for 10 seconds. Then you hear the opening bars of Cult of Personality. And every wrestling fan in the world who was watching it was probably marking out as much for that as anything they've marked out for in WWE this year. I got pretty emotional watching it because I'm like, one, I can't believe this is finally happening. Two, like, he seemed happy walking down there. And three, like, he threw a bone to everybody who supported him from his previous career. Like, I felt like that was a shout-out to to people like us. Yeah, because he could have easily just said, oh, no, I'm picking another song. And he did it, and the crowd went nuts when it came on. So there was a lot of support there for him. Uh, And then he gave a great speech afterwards where he kind of said a lot of stuff I'm saying, where he said... I did this because I like a challenge. I did this because I like to push myself. Any little kid out there who has a parent or a teacher or somebody who's supposed to believe in them, telling them, no, you can't do something, like, this is for you because believe in yourself. You can do it if you want to. Conor McGregor says a lot of these things, too. Um, So I take my hat off to CM Punk. I wore my CM Punk shirt. A lot of people may not be wearing them now because they're embarrassed. Well, next time you guys get a coordinate on the CM Punk thing, you want to throw me a bone. We'll, we'll keep you in the loop. Like I said, I, I know neither one of you guys watched the fight. Uh, punk, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. A lot of people would be too afraid to make that walk. You made a lot of money doing it, and a lot of people are mad at you for that, too. <laughs> I can't be mad at you. Some people are saying he's a hypocrite because he was mad at part-timers taking main event spots on WrestleMania. And he was a guy who had no experience, who got a spot on the main card in UFC. My thing is, somebody offers you the money to do something, you're stupid not to take it. So, I think that's everything I have to say about CM Punk. If anybody out there has got a problem, you can find me on Twitter very easily. (laughs) You can find my columns on TJR Wrestling. You can find that column. I believe it's called CM Punk Dreamer Doer, deserving of our admiration. Shoot me a comment on there if you have a problem with it. Uh... 
All right. So the intercontinental all I can say is don't poke the bear, people. Don't <laughs> poke the bear. Intercontinental Championship match. After they made fun of CM Punk. I thought this was a really good match. I thought it was one of Miz's better matches in a long time. I was impressed. And I think I mentioned this on the show last week. Ziggler said something about Maurice. She's not going to help you. And she did. Lo and behold, Maurice did help the Miz with or with the spray to uh, the eyes. Old school finish. Yeah. Throwback a la Rick the Modern Martel. Yeah, I was going to say it's like old school 80s heel. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was a good match. I popped that too. I did. Like I said, they got 18 minutes. They got a lot of time. It was a solid match, and they're giving relevance to Anaconda title again, which I I love. Yeah. So so you you agree with that, that they're they're starting to give a little bit more steam to the IC title. They're putting a little more stock in in Miz. Miz's work is excellent right now. And I think you you mentioned earlier before we even started the show that you think some of that is based on the promo he did on Talking Smack a few weeks. It gave it more steam. It gave it more of a, a you know downhill push based off that, and that got such reaction um, that they they couldn't walk away from it. Now they're using that to further. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Alo? Well, I like the video package because I tell you all the time. They they're awesome. Yeah. And they made you think this feud didn't start two weeks ago. <laughs> I like how for the past probably three, 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 four weeks now that every time Miz comes out, he's interacting with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I even like that during the match he um, he mocked Daniel Bryan with the, with the corn drop kicks and stuff and doing the yes chant. I, li- I like he did that because he's carrying over that story into this story because Daniel Bryan he is in the competitor and he's carrying into his match with Dolph Ziggler who's also involved in this situation I thought that I thought that was great mm-hmm. I like the commentary talk about how Dolph is always coming up short I thought that might have been a thing for Dolph to win yeah I pop, I wrote this like this was probably Miz's best one of his best matches by himself because the best match he's had this year was with um, Zayn Owens and Cesaro yeah. in the Fatal 4-Way at Extreme Rules I popped for Maurice doing the mace because when you're a heel your manager should be out there yeah. I always I said that about China before. Mm-hmm. You always knew she would be a factor in a match. Same thing. We have a, a heel manager, especially a woman. Have them do be out there and do something to it gets you more. Yeah. It gets you more heel heat. Which it did. Yeah. And it gives it gives more fuel to the people that hate him. Like oh well, he needed his manager, so he won the match. It's like well, yeah, that's heel one hundred and one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me take you to school, son. Do you think though? Do you, do you feel though, like in big picture, not even just this match, but like the last three, four weeks, do you feel like they're starting to put more stock in Miz? Yes. And do you think it stems from the promo, or do you think there may be other reasons for it? Well, it could be from the promo too, but I think the way that the landscape of that SmackDown roster is, they need guys, and the Miz is like I said, I, like I said, he's actually the AJ's a heel, but. He's beloved. Yeah. The Miz is an actual heel. People really do not like the Miz. So you have to build that character. But the problem is, who's your top baby face going to face him? Like, honestly, if he wasn't leaving, the perfect guy to face him, John Cena. Yeah. But he's leaving He's leaving for American Grit, yeah. too. So, that, so that, that, that wouldn't work. And <clears throat> going to SmackDown, going back to SmackDown, going, going forward to SmackDown, him and Dolph had a promo. I'm like, okay, this is still a thing. He's challenging Maurice to a match, but I'm Maurice. Mm-hmm. No gimmicks or whatever. I'm like, okay, so this is still a thing, but I think Miz still went come out on top of that. But yeah. where do you go from there? Yeah, I well, don't think there's any reason to take that belt off him and give it to Zayn. Nah, I can even see this happening well before the brand split. I know you're saying it's a little more because of the brand split. It's a little more watered down, so you need guys like this. 
But I remember a couple months ago, we're talking, you guys were kind of mocking Miz and saying he's not a good worker. Me and Ron were kind of saying, no, uh, no we like no, no, the no, way no. that we're starting to work again. No. You remember that conversation? Remember when we I, had that a couple I months do. ago? We started to talk about how we like. like Alo's never bashed the Miz. <laughs> we need to see more from him, and we're starting to see that now. Yeah. It was kind of from that point on, we started to see more and more. Well, he played a part in helping to integrate AJ into the WWE roster. He played a big part in that. A lot of the Miz TV segments, the matches they had, him getting his veneers knocked out. Like you said, the Fatal 4-Way match was big. And, again, he's he's such a good heel in that people legitimately don't like him. Our friend of the show, Derek McCauley, has been saying it to anyone who will listen what a great heel he is. Yeah, he's awesome. I've been trying to preach this to Eric for years. <laughs> he's he's not, not willing to hear it. Um, but I, I do think that, that the Miz is in a great spot, and I think he's, he's doing some of, some of his best work that he's ever done. And hopefully it keeps going on. I think right now we're at day 163. When you guys right hear now. this, we'll be at day 164, the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour. <laughs> so we have that to keep looking forward to. Uh, the tag team titles were also on the line. We had in the... The last match of the actual tournament to get to the finals, we have the newly coined heel Usos against the Hype Bros. Mm-hmm. Fine match. They got 10 minutes. It was kind of a basic match, but I thought we got some good heel work out of the Usos. Yeah, they did something different. Mm-hmm. No paint came out. Wearing black. 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 Yeah. yeah. They no worked, paint at all. Yeah, worked on, worked on Rider's Knee, I believe. Remember correctly. Yeah, even did a chop block and a half. It finished yeah. with a half crap. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was something new. That's what I like. That do something yeah. new with these guys. Yeah. So that's the thing. They they have a style, kind of like that high flying style that suits itself to a baby face. So it is good to see them change what they do. A la Cody Rhodes, who will change his in ring style based on what his character is. These guys did the same thing, and I thought it was a pretty good match. Then we had the Usos going up against Heath Slater and Rhino. With not only the tag, the SmackDown tag team titles on the line, but Heath Slater's livelihood on the line, as it was the only way he was going to earn himself a WWE SmackDown contract. And needless to say, Heath Slater is getting that double wide from Beulah. I'm getting a look on your face, Joey. I don't think you like Heath Slater and Rhino. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. I, I I like Heath Slater and Rhino. I mean, they're fun. They're entertaining. But just the way they handled the end of this tag team tournament, which is something I was very excited about from the beginning. Um, I know. Can you probably, elaborate on that? Probably too early to put it on American Alpha. But they did. Just the way they handled the tournament was wrong. What do you think? To see this finish. Well, yeah. well like you said, that um, when you heard Slater was in the tournament, you knew he was winning. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that. My problem with this is do those turn heel. When you turn heel, you turn heel for a reason. And. I understand they beat the high bros clean. That's fine. But in the main, in, in the the finals match for tag titles, I'm shocked Jason Jordan didn't come out because technically Ryan wasn't legal and got a gore, but yeah. that's still basically losing clean. Mm-hmm. So you turn heel to lose in the finals. You didn't get your come up comeuppance. That's why I thought Jason Jordan would have came in actually cost him. Just saw something from American Alpha. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In a pay per view. Yeah, because like technically you lost. You turn heel for a reason. Yeah. And. You lose clean, basically, essentially, mm-hmm. and you get get any comeuppance from the guys that took that you took out. This is pretty much just the way to keep the titles off American Alpha, Alpha yeah. right now and keep them clean. I get it. Well, and that's a that's now going to be a feud. But it was handled between wrong. The two of them. 
Your income sure will be a triple threat and no mercy. You think so? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, it won't be because they already have triple threat. Yeah, run, <laughs> in, run in or interference would have been perfect right here. Yeah. To kind of set that emotion. Yeah, I expected it. So I definitely thought Slater and Rhino were going to win. That made the most sense. And I definitely thought we were going to see Jason Jordan play a part. He didn't. So, no Cena on the first SmackDown pay-per-view. No American Alpha on the first SmackDown pay-per-view. But, Heath Slater gets his contract, baby! I was happy to see that. It was cool to see how happy both of those guys were to get the title. And how into it the crowd was. Yeah. Like, to me, they have a hard enough time as writers getting anyone over in any capacity. But they sure they could do it. Whereas, with Heath Slater, this was not supposed to be a thing. And it is. Yeah, it just picked up steam. The New Day was kind of the same way. It was never supposed to get where it got. Uh, I feel like they should be learning a lesson from this. When you over-script everything, it does not turn out well. When you allow for some type of freedom, things tend to work better. And I feel like that's a lesson they should learn, but they are not learning. And I don't know if they ever will. But they 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 showed they could build storylines. Same thing with Golden Truth. They yeah. sure could do it. But for whatever reason, it doesn't happen the right way with everything. Yeah, they just don't do it enough. Um, so going into the night, Joey, did you think Slater and Rhino were going to win, or did you think the, the new heel Usos were going to win? I had a feeling, once I knew American Alpha was going to be in the main event, that it was going to be Slater and Rhino, just because that's, you know, Slater was going to be on, on the roster. But, you know, that's not what I wanted to see. Yeah, uh, I agree. So here's my big nitpick with the show. Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. He lays a beat down on Randy Orton backstage earlier in the day to take Randy Orton out of the match to cover up for the fact that he has a concussion still from his match with Brock Lesnar. So my feeling was, okay, two things. (laughs) One, you won't let people blade anymore, but you'll let the... Arguably one of the most ferocious human beings on the planet. Blast a guy in the head with his elbows to bust his head open the old-fashioned way. <laughs> where now he's got a concussion and a month later he can't compete. Wow. To me, that's stupid. Wow. Makes no sense. Second thing that I have a problem with is I was convinced Randy Orton was going to win at SummerSlam. I thought, you make him a bigger star for SmackDown... You can't make Brock Lesnar any more fearsome than he already is. You've booked him as the most dangerous guy to ever set foot in WWE. And when he comes back in three or four months, nobody's going to remember, oh, he's the guy that lost to Randy Orton. It's just, oh, Brock is back. Yeah, and they'll be excited for it. So you could build up Orton to be a big star, or, which, if, if Orton coming off of beating Brock Lesnar is not as big of a loss for Bray Wyatt, or you could build up Randy Orton to be a star, and then you could use that to build up Bray Wyatt in turn. Not only did they not do that, they decided to have Kane come out and have a match with him, which actually wasn't that bad of a match, No, I didn't think, based on what it could have been. Um, but then Randy Orton comes out, hits him with the other. He basically lost to Randy Orton and Kane on the same night instead of just losing to Randy Orton. So basically I feel like Bray Wyatt got two L's on the same night. And to me, when are you ever going to actually do something with this guy? Yeah, they're definitely misusing this guy, and I, I was, I'm right on the same boat as you. Like, okay, I understand Randy Orton coming down and interfering, but I don't feel there's any reason why you should have Bray, someone you're trying to build up, lose to Kane. 
They had to put up that young upstart Kane. <laughs> put him over. The guy who's 25 years older than him. 20, yeah, you got to put him Wasn't Kane upstart. in the pay-per-view we just covered that was yeah. 2002? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was only 30-something back then. <laughs> young upstart, my bum. <laughs> he only had won the world title twice in a tag title a few times. He's got some left in him now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just kind of my feeling. Is like, if you want to put Randy Orton out, because I've seen this too. People saying like, oh, it made sense for Orton to come out in RKO because it keeps their no, feud going. It's it like, does make sense, but it doesn't. But isn't him taking him out of the match enough for, for that to keep that feud that going? Did you need something else? So now you cost Bray Wyatt a match. You basically have him look bad against Randy Orton and Kane. And you just keep devaluing this guy. Who you would think you're, you probably plan on we have like a good 8 to 10 years with this guy. That people like him. People want to get behind him in some way, shape, or form. And they're not allowing anybody to do it. Now, Ayla, I can tell you got some stuff you want to say. Well, the first thing in my notes, Bray jobs out Orton with a clean count-out the clean count out in the best match he's ever wrestled. <laughs> he didn't wrestle at all. That's his best match of his career. Kane comes out and had this no-holds-bar technical clinic. But like mm-hmm. you said, it didn't happen. It, pro- it makes sense, but then it doesn't make sense. You took the extra step that you didn't have to take. I like the character of Bray Wyatt. I think he's horrible in the ring. But I like the character. Professional wrestling is all about characters and character development. You're not developing anything with this guy. The match was fine. Like The Kane match, it was, it was fun for what it was. Yeah. I didn't have any low points watching this show. I thought this would have been a low point, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was surprisingly like a decent match. Yeah. You can actually have him look like a, vi- a, a viable heel by having him put on the clinic against Orton. And win by count out, and then beat Kane. You make him look viable because he actually did some heel stuff. Yeah. He took out Orton, and then he beat Kane. Yeah, I, to me, it just doesn't make sense. You're just killing this guy for for no real reason. You can't have the L there. I mean, he has enough of them. He's just piling them up. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll lose again. I know. Yep. <laughs> then you're gonna have yeah. him come out and do some mic work, and you're not gonna be able to get behind it because you're like, all right, this guy's gonna come out and just lose. So why do I They're care? At that point now. Yeah, where th- this is one of the things I feel. Not to jump ahead, but. He did a promo on SmackDown. I don't remember any of it because it just doesn't matter. And I'm one of the biggest Bray Wyatt fans. And I just it doesn't matter anymore. Because yeah, you have him, you have him say all these great things, and then ultimately he never backs it up. Like to me, a great heel, you should probably be you should probably be winning every match except for the biggest ones. He just loses every match. Every single match. I don't think I've, I don't can remember one last time I saw him win. And how many fans, when when theorizing about a possible brand split again? Said, oh, Bray Wyatt should go to SmackDown and be like the monster heel on SmackDown. And then it happens and he's just it's just the same stuff. Turn him face. I've been telling you. Well, I'll, I'll get to that when we get to SmackDown. I'm, I'm fine with him turning turning. No, I'll get face, to that when we get to SmackDown. I'll, I'll get to that when we talk to SmackDown. So because they did such a poor job of building up this pay-per-view, just out of spite, I didn't watch the pre-show. For, for, a backlash? for a backlash? I didn't watch it either. Okay, did you? No, I did not. All right, so Cor- did Corbin beat Cruz? Yeah. Of course! Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I, I have no idea. I didn't know who won. I, I know that much. <laughs> All right. You think Apollo knows how to spell Corbin? I had some football. I, don't know. To, I had some football to watch first Sunday. You know, what I, mean? I, I can <laughs> yeah. watch pre-show. <laughs> so backlash first brand-specific SmackDown pay-per-view. I think it was a win. Checking the win column from all of us. I would say yeah, it's a win. Yeah. I was entertained. A lot of things happened that you know. Kind of kept me into the pay per view and some yeah. quality matches. Right now, like like Joey, like you said earlier, your biggest letdown was seeing the pay per view on Sunday and then waiting for the the, the conclusion on Monday and not getting it. So we'll skip ahead to Tuesday. 
and jump to SmackDown Live. AJ Styles comes out being introduced as the WWE World Champion for the first time. Introduce, I believe the announcer said he wanted to be called the face yep. that runs the place. He requested to be called the face that runs the place. He came out, and I thought he gave a really good promo. He did. Saying, I told all of you. I did what I said I'm going to do. You should believe me from now on. If I tell you the sky is green, you shouldn't even bother to look outside because it will be. Whatever I say, you should <laughs> the just The champ that to runs me. the camp. Yeah, the champ that runs the camp. He coined a new catchphrase. And then, lo and behold, John Cena arrives. I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is, but I know I told you one of the biggest things of the build-up to the SummerSlam match was the idea of AJ telling him, the next night, you got to come out here and say, I'm better than you. If you do, you're a loser. If you don't, you're a liar. Either way, I win. To me, that was kind of part of it. And they didn't have Cena on the show at all after that. No. He comes out last night, finally. Still never makes mention of the fact that, mm. that you beat me, or you're better than me, or you're better than I thought. Just, you have something that belongs to me, and I want it back. And I like the way AJ handled it. Though. He's like, you take this. You take this. I don't need this. <laughs> I'm on the champ. I don't need yeah. that. But then he says, oh... I don't need that. You have something. You still have something that I want. I just decided I'm, it's mine. I decided I'm going to take it back. Two years later. Then, well, then he <laughs> mentioned the uh, the 16 time world champ Ric Flair. He had tweeted about it earlier that day. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And then he said dot dot dot, or at least tie the man, which alludes to <laughs> I'll get my 16th title reign and I'll be tied with Ric Flair. Something, and I'm not a Cena hater, but something about that just annoyed me. That like you're you're. Still throwing Cena in there and acting like he's the better guy when you shouldn't be doing that right now. Is that just me? You're still anti-pro wrestling right now. <laughs> what about you? Am I, am I going overboard with that? I mean, I don't know if you're going overboard. I didn't kind of feel the same way. I, I, I feel it was just a way to make Cena feel like he's still relevant in the title picture. Yeah, he um, still has beef. Because remember, I, I said that last week. He's, his stuff with AJ is going to carry over. That's why I thought he would interfere because AJ is still... Wearing his headband and, and, on his arm, mm -hmm. and he never actually let it go. He's still talking about how he beat John Cena. And with Cena being a part timer, yeah. Um, so, th so that I did like. Dean he comes still out. has a that goal. Was, he still has a goal. Yeah, I, I liked what Dean said to AJ. They're like, "You stole from me, and making out making an enemy out of me will change it. Will change your life or ruin your life." I reset it, and I love that he just came right at Cena. Oh yeah. Cena said, "You know, Stone Cold was right to call you that out on the awesome. podcast." And he said, well, you're just, I, what, what do I care what you say? You're just a lazy part-timer that can't keep up <laughs> yeah. anymore. And I was like, wow. Like, that got real. That's not, that's, <laughs> real fast. Like, that's you, Dean Ambrose. You can do your shows, you can do the Today Show, but you can't keep up with us in the ring. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's Dean, that's the real Dean Ambrose that we've been at in Edge. I like the fact that he actually came down and was pissed because how many times when Babyface loses dirty, they come down like nothing happened. Yeah. That he actually went straight to AJ. Even I don't even like Cena just grabbing him like, "Hey, I'm here right now too." Mm -hmm. That yeah. was awesome. He pretty much he pretty much told AJ he's gonna ruin his life, and he told Cena he doesn't care what the hell he thinks he yeah. doesn't belong here anymore. Yeah, yeah you're and, a lazy part time. And I talked about last week about them wasting time. Mm -hmm. They didn't waste any time with this. I'm already excited for the triple threat match. Yeah, me too. I was wait. I'm waiting for this Monday. <laughs> 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 that just built your anticipation even more yeah, after you wait yeah. till Tuesday. Uh, Shane comes out, like we said, books the triple threat match for No Mercy. Then he says, but tonight we're going to have a tag team match. Cena and Ambrose against AJ and if you can find a partner, pick a partner. So we see AJ trying to get Baron Corbin to be his partner. Denies him. Tries to get to Kane to be his partner. Denies him. 
And then he gets paired up with everyone's favorite jobber, James Ellsworth. Woo! AJ was just absolutely disgusted at the idea of this being <laughs> he a He was showing his face on the matchup screen. I laughed so hard. Oh, God, me too. Uh, so ultimately, that ends up being the match. And we'll jump ahead here for a second because this kind of plays into it. You mentioned earlier Miz having his promo with Dolph Ziggler. We'll get into this a little more after, but Ziggler made a point of these people here will always see through you. They'll, they'll know you're not a main event guy. And he says, whatever part of the show I'm on is the main event. That played up later when Miz comes out, attacks Ellsworth, and takes that spot in the main event. He even yelled to the camera, yeah. I am the main event. I told you I'm the main event. I loved that because he said it to Ziggler earlier, and then he came out and inserted himself so, in the main some event. Some follow-through. This carryover. Mm-hmm. Some follow-through. Yeah, they, they can do that. Yeah. It's not a lost art completely. Um, thought the match was fine. It went the way I expected it to. One of my favorite commentary moments was after The Miz hit him with the skull-crushing finale, and he said that would have broke his jaw if he had one, which I thought was great because he does have that like weird chin. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is, but I thought that was hysterical. Um, Cena and Ambrose win. The AA on Miz. And then I kind of like see AJ still win this to keep the. I mean, yeah, like he was out. Title. He was out of the decision at least. He's out of the decision, so it keeps it. But I mean, you have two good heels carrying the titles right now. Yeah, but I liked Ambrose hitting him with the dirty deeds there you afterwards. Go. He got booed too. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing I had made mention during his feud with Ziggler that he was more the he he was playing the heel. We all thought Ziggler was going to turn heel, but Ambrose was playing the heel in that feud. Is he in the midst of a heel turn, do you no. think? Do I think? I think he's just playing Ambrose. Because Ambrose he, is neither heel nor face. Ambrose is Ambrose. He was the AJ match, too. He was getting booed by the crowd yeah, at but, Backlash. Yeah, yeah but still, he's, still, he's still technically a baby face, and AJ's still the heel. Like, this is going to get go at least to a Survivor Series. I think AJ's just more over. That's where you, that's where you hear that. Yeah, I, I just noticed they were booing him, and I've even seen some stuff where people thought maybe he needs like kind of a, a makeover as a character. I, was like, well, maybe I, I think we're just getting to the point where Ambrose is Ambrose. So he's not face, he's not heel, he's just Ambrose. He's going to do all, what's best for him in his been. career. Uh, yeah, so I really like where the, the world title picture is right now. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Me too, and we have some time for them to build it up, so hopefully they continue to do that. They got off to a really hot start. Hopefully, they can manage to build on it up through October. Uh, Intercontinental Champion, last night, well, Tuesday night, was 162 days of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour. Miz says he's bringing more prestige to the Intercontinental Championship. He says, I've held this title longer than some of the guys that are considered all-time greats, like Pat Patterson, Triple H, I forget who else he said. Um... Ziggler comes out and does some Dolph Ziggler stuff. Well, hey, I, I, I'm in a slump. But let, let's do it one more time. And I'm what just do you like, say? Oh, come on, man. Like, when are they ever? Are they ever going to let this guy do what he should be doing again? It's the same promo from two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just I'm so tired of it. And I I want to like this guy, and I know I can like him if they let him be who he's supposed to be. But we got some more great work from the Miz here. Like, like, would HBK be HBK if he came out everywhere and was like, ah, oh, I tried real hard, guys. Ah, oh, I may not win this match, but, like, one of these days I might win it. Like, he wouldn't be HBK if that's what Yeah, you're did. right. I did lose, but, uh... I tried real hard. Yeah. Let's do it again. 
Yeah, I loved Maurice injecting herself in it, and then Miz having to tell the crowd to shut your mouth when my wife is talking. <laughs> and then Daniel Bryan interjects himself again, and Miz says, I'm calling the shots. I want a new contract, and he walks off. I told you I want a new contract. You can't make me do anything that I want. Awesome. Yeah. Well, their interactions are great. They are, they are awesome. And I don't know if it's because they have such a long history together. I don't know if they're just super comfortable with each other, or they're just getting really good material to work with. But I, I think they've been, they're great every time they're on screen together. And so I read something on Twitter that I thought was funny. A lot of people were saying, why doesn't Daniel Bryan just say, well, you take this rematch or I strip you of the title? But then Max Landis, made famous by the uh, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling video, he says, well, if Daniel Bryan does that, he becomes the very thing he was always fighting against when he was actually wrestling. Authority. Yeah, which he does not, does not want to be. Mm-mm. So that puts him in that position where he can't do that. It's just interesting. Yeah. Do you, do you see this Daniel Bryan Miz thing playing out long term? It's 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 still a thing. And do you think like do you think Miz is just going to be the Intercontinental Champion long term? Like do you think he gets like a really significant reign out of this? Yeah, cuz the thing is the way this is setting up it's like okay, Dolph's going to get his match just with Ziggler by himself. I think to carry over a story that Miz wins. But my thing is, where do you go after that? Cuz you need as like I said, 2 months ago for the last 2 months, July and and um August, Darren Young, Apollo Crews, we don't care about none of those guys. Right. You have, you have, he has to face somebody you care about so he can get his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. We all love Dolph Ziggler, but like I, but like I say, it's been there, done that with Dolph. You got to bring somebody up that's beloved. Sami Zayn, for example. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I missed something on Raw, but Jack Swagger, uh, well, he's on SmackDown now. Are they, so his I'm contract like, expired. Oh, what up? Short contract. But... I don't know, but they need somebody that is beloved, a top baby face that pe- people Someone, want yeah. to see win. Sami Zayn would be perfect here, but he's not on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of time before you have that guy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's unfortunate. They didn't end up there. Uh, women's title. Becky comes out. She's been calling herself Becky Balboa for a while. Says it's fitting. She's her first night with the title is in Philadelphia. <laughs> Cut a nice baby face promo saying, you know, a lot of people say the the journey is more important than the destination and she said well they must not have had this this as a destination because (laughs) this is pretty great fatal five way for the number one contendership and I actually thought this might have been even better than the match the night before really I just thought all five women had like such a sense of urgency trying to win this match that to me I was like super invested in it um like maybe Maybe the match quality wasn't quite the same, but I, there was just something about it that it, it felt really important. I thought it was a cluster. I don't know. I, I maybe we just read it differently. I, re, I read it as like everybody wanted it so bad. Uh, I yeah, it was, I, I got that too. But like that's so, the way I kind of read it too. I, 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 I get that point, but it just felt like it was all over the place a little bit to me. Um, I know you're happy with who won. Yes. <laughs> Harley Quinn herself, Alexa Bliss. I was pleased by that too. Yeah, I, I thought, and I thought it was a good way to win. Yeah. Because now what we might have is a feud for the women's title between Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss, and we may actually have a secondary women's story between Nikki Bella and Carmella. Mm. Is this WWE? I, I don't know. Is this for real? Is this for real life? Because <laughs> going into this match, I was like, I was doing my heel-face ratio. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> okay, Nikki Carmella's a thing. Natty just fought Becky. Alexis has to win. Yeah. And Alexa won. She did a classic heel, too. Somebody else did the job. Mm-hmm. Threw him out the ring, got the pin. Classic, classic heel. Yeah. No, it was great. I love that she got the win. 
I think her and Becky will have a good feud together. And then Becky's had, um, Alexis had Becky's number. Alexis beating Becky yeah. numerous times. Mm-hmm. And I think she's just super entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she'll be a great heel to Becky's classic baby face. Um, I don't think this title's coming off Becky anytime soon. No. No. They're going to have but, a little bit of a run first. But, yeah, it'll be nice to see now every woman not thrown into the same segment yeah. every week on SmackDown. We'll actually get some stories. They set up a feud? Yeah. And what has this Carmella thing been going on? Four weeks now? And I still haven't heard a word out of her mouth. She's no, got to change the way she comes out. out. She got to change the way she comes down to the uh, yeah down to the ring though. Yeah, she's still it's like she's a little play too the heel happy. a little bit, uh, and she may not have figured out how to do it yet. No. Um, tag team division: the Usos get another win over the Hype Bros. Trying to gain some steam from the loss mm-hmm. to Slater and Rhino, which uh, I'm fine with. Yeah, Slater finally signs his WWE SmackDown contract. <laughs> Double wide. I got kids, baby. <laughs> I love that T-shirt. That shirt the I got more. kids T-shirt. <laughs> that- was awesome. Uh, Heath Slater has done such a great job since the brand split. He has even gotten the idea of a double wide trailer over. <laughs> a double wide trailer is over more than Apollo Crews. <laughs> that trailer wow. has more of a personality than Apollo. <laughs> it might. Beulah's more over than Apollo Crews right now, which is a shame. And even uh, even uh, Slater's fictitious kids. kids. Roscoe and Betty Lou. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna buy you a tongue. I think Ells, I think Ellsworth is more over than Apollo Crews right now. Ah, uh, he is. He he might have been trending on Twitter last night for all I know. Um. So we had, like I said, we had. They ended up having a match with the Ascension, who all of a sudden thinks they're. So the first team eliminated in the tournament gets a title, first title shot. Yeah, makes perfect sense. That's great booking. Mm-hmm. Did anybody get the sense that Rhino was kind of overheat Slater already? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him biting the title? Yeah. I think he was just happy to have the title. So yeah. Like, okay, I'm ready to go now. He was, but I just was get, I was like almost waiting for Rhino to turn on him. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, they want to put this on the Ascension? Because, <laughs> like we mentioned this last week, he has House of Hardcore this weekend. Yeah. You're not taking my belt to House of Hardcore. <laughs> the joke. But I'm like, okay, they're going to drop to the, to the ascension of all people, the first yeah, one. Nah. And they are horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen. I hope not. Um, moving on to Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Why? I have no idea what was said in either promo because, like I said, I finally said earlier, have, yeah, you have checked it. out because I haven't allowed it to matter. Uh, There's no reason for it to matter. Rowan's back all of a sudden. Didn't he ditch him? He did, and now he's back. I was I was almost hoping when the lights went out for that third time that you'd see Luke Harper. Yes. And then I was like, finally, and no, uh, it was Rowan, and I was like, oh, wh- what are you doing? Was the promo any good? I, I don't I have no idea. I have. It was okay. If there's only one. If there's only one person company that looks better, that looks worse than Bray Wyatt. It's <laughs> it, it, like you said, though, it's just hard to get behind it when you know wh- what the outcome is. Each you want to fix him? You want to fix? You want to fix Bray Wyatt? He ditched Eric Rowan. When Harper comes back, have them jump Wyatt, turn Wyatt face, turn Dolph Ziggler heel. Problem solved. Yes. Uh, the only other thing I have written down for SmackDown is uh, Corbin had a rematch with Cruz. He heard him before the match could even take place. And then Jack Swagger comes out. Heck, anybody here excited? He's new on, he's on SmackDown again. Yeah. But if you think you know Jack, you haven't seen it. Swagger, yeah. Cruz, Swagger, oh, Corbin. You think you know me? You haven't seen Jack yet. Yeah, yeah. There it is. You have any hopes for Jack Swagger on SmackDown? Yeah, no. You? Go to main event. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Off uh, the TV. 
<laughs> oh, so your hope is that he's not on SmackDown. Yeah. That's your big hope yeah. for, for, for Jack yeah, Him and David O'Tuck to go to main event. I could get behind that. So real quick, before we move on to Raw, we have a listener question from friend of the show, Joe Lafferty. Joey Lafferty. Has AJ Styles had the best rookie year in the history of WWE, even Whoa. better than Brock Lesnar's? Whoa. Okay, now... Are we are we talking about a year from the, from the debut to the end of the year, or they debut from the debut in the year after they debut? The, the debut. first year, like one year from the first time you saw them until 365 days later. Okay. And AJ's only at eight months he's right now, months, which should yeah, tell you a exactly. lot that he's in the discussion already with four months left. He stole the show at the Royal Rumble. He got put right in the ring with Roman Reigns and looked like he belonged there. He had a great feud with Jericho. He elevated Roman Reigns for two months there in the spring. He had a great feud with John Cena, won a feud with John Cena clean, and now became the WWE World Champion in eight months. It's tough because Brock did the same thing, just about, but in five. Because <laughs> Brock... He won King of the Ring in June, was in a company for three months, and then two months later he was the WWE champion, and in 2003 at the Rumble, he won the Rumble. So it's, it's kind of hard, but I'll go with AJ because it's, it's short of time. Yeah, I'll go with AJ because he's the, I think he's at a higher level than Brock was at this time. How about you? It's tough to say. There's a lot of things like variables in here, like oh, with the brand, brand split. Um, like he said, Brock did it quicker. Without the brand split, I mean, if AJ won the title in his first appearance, maybe we we could say that. But yeah. I mean, AJ's having a were the brand split when mm-hmm. Brock came up. Yeah. Um. But they weren't really carrying it the way they are now. Right. Yeah, it was a different it's kind time. of. It was better then. <laughs> well, that's arguable. So you think Brock had the better rookie year? I mean, like I said, it's tough, but AJ's having a great year, but I don't know if I could say it's the greatest all time yet. Yeah, because if you, if you go from March 02, that's when he debuted, to March 03, he won King of the Ring, he won the title five months in, won the 03 Rumble and main event at WrestleMania this, that 19, 2003 against Kurt Angle and won the title there. So, it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs because AJ still has four months left. Here's why I give it to AJ. Brock Lesnar was clearly the living embodiment of what Vince McMahon loves in a WWE superstar. How much do you weigh? He was everything <laughs> that Vince wants to see. So he was, and he was, you know, a world-class NCAA wrestler, but he was he was coined as the next big thing. So he was thrown in there to, to do what he did. AJ did it as somebody who was not Vince McMahon's creation, who had, what, 12, 15 years of experience in smaller promotions, who the hardcore fans that Vince does not like to please were fans of. Um, and somehow AJ managed to get himself to to the top. Which which isn't which is true, all true. I mean and we're not arguing and he's who's small. the better wrestler, who's the more entertaining wrestler, because that's AJ Styles hands down. We're saying who, based off what we know, had the better start. Yeah, and I'm saying AJ Styles because he was playing from behind, whereas Brock Lesnar was thrown Just in there too. Ahead the whole time. This is another reason I'll say AJ. Age is a TNA guy. Mm-hmm. Vince would never put his belt on a TNA guy. Wow. Yeah, like to me that tells you that's how something. much he has impressed them. 
and how much they That's see. An amazing in in ring performer. Yeah. And he's been great on the mic. I said this to somebody earlier today. As much as everyone knows I love Sasha Banks, right now I think AJ Styles is the best thing about WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's not even really close. Even his side plates are awesome. Oh, those are awesome. So, moving on to Raw. I'm not talking about Raw until we negotiate my contract. Joseph, this is we will... we got to get on. We'll Mr. negotiate. Sex, Mr. Sexy needs to see it in writing. Joseph. So, we will, we will discuss your contract during the week before your performance next week. Will you get back to me? I will. So, everybody, say goodbye to Mr. Sexy Punakana. He's leaving through the crowd. We'll get down forever. We'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> so, Raw. Power, said, power trip time. <laughs> You said that you did not like Raw as much. I almost, pull, I almost pulled an Eric Trembicki. <laughs> it was rough. Now explain for everybody what pulling an Eric Trembicki is during Raw. Not watching the show. <laughs> so, Universal title, obviously, biggest thing going on right now. Being battled over by Kevin Owens, the longest reigning Universal champion in history. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, who has a match with Kevin Owens to decide if he will be put in a triple threat match at the next pay-per-view. Owens has a match with Tom Phillips where he called him Tyler, he called him <laughs> Terry. I loved about this this interview that he said, what do you want me to come out here and say that, that Seth awesome. Rollins is jealous of me? Do you want me to say that Roman doesn't even deserve to be in the ring with me? Do you want me to say that, that Mick Foley is never as good as my mentor, Triple H? No, I'm not going to say those things. <laughs> so like, that is perfect. Kevin Owens right there. It was a great interview. Sets up exactly who he is. We saw Seth and Mick. Seth saying he's kind of unhappy with Roman Reigns even being involved in this. I beat Roman Reigns every time. And then Foley got pretty pissed at him questioning his integrity. But Seth said, if you keep supporting Stephanie the way you do, you're just a fool. Which they're really playing up this idea of friction between Stephanie and Mick. I also thought Owens and Seth had a great segment together. That's where what he roasted Seth. That's when I woke up. Because <laughs> I was fading away slowly but surely. But that uh-huh. woke me up. Because I was like, that was awesome. Because he killed Seth. He did. Now, so, so what, were your, what were some of your favorite moments from that interaction? Saying you never, what he say? You never do anything by yourself. And the show you had Roman, the Thor you had KJ and J, John Stewart and Triple H. He, he he's just jealous that he saw the light. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And um, Owen says, "What have you done since you've been back? You lost a world title. You lost a world title to Dean, who took it a smackdown. You lost the fame with one arm. This your show must be redesigned, rebuilt, replaced. That mm-hmm. was that awesome. was awesome." It was it was a shoot he roasted Seth. It was all true. He had a point. You love when he has a point. Yes. And I then do love that. It fit in with what Foley said earlier, don't interfere in the match. But that put pissed him off to a level mm-hmm. where he was so mad that he was gonna interfere in this match. Yeah. I, I even love that he uh mocked Seth's laugh at the end of it as he walked away. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, because he, he said earlier he's like that laugh is so annoying and then as he walked away. <laughs> yeah, he did that as he walked away, which was great. Um Roman did a quick interview that all basically all he said was he was going to kick Kevin Owens' ass. Uh, I thought their match was decent for what it was because it was never intended to be a full match. But I thought even in this, KO did, like when he went for the cover early in the match on Roman, 
and it was a one count. And he got up and said, that was three. <laughs> it was literally a one count. And he kicked out and he said, that was three. I was cracking up at that. And I loved when he did the, ooh, ah. <laughs> Yeah, so that good. was great, too. Um, Seth interferes in the match, as he was instructed not to do. Foley comes down and says the match will continue. And then Rusev shows up and interferes. Roman gets caught with the pop-up powerbomb, loses the match. So Roman is now out of the triple threat match. And I assume back in a feud with Rusev, which I think is kind of where everybody wants him to be right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I actually remembered that because I was saying, I said last week, it's going to be Jericho or Rusev the interview because it makes sense for Rusev because Rusev destroyed him. Yeah. Now, going back to the Seth stuff, Owens forced Seth to, to get to get upset and inter, yeah. inter, interfere in that match. I like Foley coming out, but I wish they ended because Foley says, We're going to my office, we're going to my office. But they didn't, they didn't show they didn't end the show with that. They end the show with Russo destroying Roman. I yeah. wish I wish they ended the show with that, but I guess you could they could have that as a cliffhanger. But after what happened with the interference and with in the Owens match with Roman and the interference with in the um, the Fatal Forward match, mm-hmm. I'm kinda thinking Foley's gonna make himself a special referee. Mm, I could see that, and I'm and I'm still on this thing where Foley's going to call Seth the title because I think it's it's becoming clearer for me. You think it's going to be where he deliberately keeps him from winning the title, or he'll like I, accidentally? I think it? he'll cost him the title. I think that'd be cool, and I wouldn't mind seeing seeing that turn. Because if, because if Triple H interferes in that match, I'm gonna be mad because <laughs> it doesn't make sense to do it twice. Well, we still haven't seen him. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't make sense to, to to do it two times in a row. Some somebody else has to screw Seth for him to get some sympathy. Yeah. Do you remember where Raw was on Monday or no? I don't remember. I don't either, but that actually was uh, a good Baltimore. Crowd. Okay, Baltimore. It was a good crowd. Yeah. That. that crowd was into that match. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm glad to see that Roman will probably be pushed back towards the, the U.S. title because I think that's the best spot for him right now as he sort of rehabilitates himself with the fans. We got a nice surprise with Jericho and Sami Zayn getting pushed together. Something for Sami Zayn to do. So good. Y2J actually butted in at the end of Owen's interview with Tom Phillips, uh, called him Philbin, <laughs> said the real story is that Foley pulled Kevin Owens, my best friend, from the highlight reel. Did you see Jericho's latest podcast? No. And it's, it says my interview with my best friend Kevin Owens. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He says, so he's gonna, he said, I had, you know, the longest reigning champion. Now I have to bring in Sami Zayn and Felipe. I'm gonna show the world who Sami Zayn really is. He's a, and then Tom Phillips tried to say stupid idiot. He's a stupid idiot. It. <laughs> he's even getting to the point where he's combining yeah. <laughs> these things now. It's not just one of them anymore. Angel loves Jericho now. Does she? Yeah. She should. I mean, he, he's awesome. Uh, my best friend, my brother, is what he comes out and says. If we we're making a movie about Kevin Owens' life, he'd be played by Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. <laughs> says, I had the highest high with the longest reigning Universal Champion as my guest, so I had to go to the lowest of lows. <laughs> he laid on the floor. Yeah, laid on the floor with the microphone laying on the mat next to him as he talked into it. It was great. I'm convinced he's a pure genius. He is. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about it. Um, he was goading... Him about, like, you know, why would you throw away being best friends with Kevin Owens? I'm starting to realize that the problem was you all along. Like, I bet you don't even have Kevin Owens' new phone number. <laughs> I have it. Do you want it? Well, I can't give it to you. You're a taker, and I'm a giver. 
I'm going to give all these people what they want. I'm going to give them all what they need. And maybe the first thing Sami Zayn has ever done that I didn't like was he interrupted Jericho before <laughs> he could say he was giving us the gift of Jericho. But then he put Jericho over, mm-hmm. saying, you know, you're one of the reasons why we got into this. You know, the way your career went, that's what we tried to emulate. But now you're just Kevin Owens' bitch. Then he hit him with the phone, hit him with the code breaker, and they announced a match at Clash of Champions. Are you happy they went this direction with Sami Zayn? Well, I'm glad it's some form of doing it's an actual story because Sami Zayn was Kevin Owens' best friend, and Jericho was playing the role of, that's my best friend. Yeah. So he's, play, so he's playing that role, and Sami Zayn is basically telling him, He's not really your friend. He's basically using you. Yeah. So, Sami Zayn uses his personal experience to try to get through to Jericho, but Jericho's not having any of it. But I, the highlight reel was awesome, and I think the match is going to be good, too, mm-hmm. because they, they've had good matches in the past. I think this match yeah. is probably the better one. Uh, I completely agree. I'm glad it's something high-profile for Sami Zayn to do. Jericho getting the kind of time he gets on TV means we'll get to probably see a lot of Sami Zayn interacting with him. Which is only going to help Sammy. Um, so, yeah, we don't have to worry about him not being on the next pay-per-view anymore. Which, he wasn't on the last one. He was on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. He'll actually be on the show yeah. this time, which is good for everybody involved. The Women of Raw fully opens the show. Credits SmackDown for having a great pay-per-view. Announces the Cruiserweights will arrive next week. And then Charlotte and Dana come out. Charlotte says there's a, an apology. Who, who was it? Somebody said there's an apology in order. I think it was Dana. Mick said after next week. After last week, there's an apology in order. Mm-hmm. And she said she would never apologize to Dana. <laughs> Ultimately got Dana to apologize to her. My big takeaway from this segment was, it was I thought it was a good promo from everybody. Sasha comes out. Bailey comes out. They both lay claim to being the next, having the next title shot. I feel like we started to see a little glimpse of the boss. Yes. Last night. Yes, that's my first thing in my notes. <laughs> so, what was your note? I would say, I'm, this this is Sasha Banks. This is the boss. You can you can see the edge right right when she came out. Mm-hmm. She's it's not that I'm happy to be here. Smile, Sasha Banks. She got right to the point. Even when Bailey came out, she said, "Bailey, when it comes to my title, I don't have friends." Yeah, awesome. And that was awesome. <laughs> I'm like I'm like it's coming. It is coming closer. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for it to happen. Threw her jacket in Charlotte's face. Uh huh. So yeah, you got you got some of that the edge of the boss. Yes, Bailey. It's saying, all it's all it's the all about me, mm-hmm. Sasha from NXT, and I and I need that. Yeah, same here. That, that we've been we've been clamoring for that for months, mm-hmm. and it looks like maybe finally those wheels are starting to turn a little bit. Dana somehow gets thrown in this match, even though she has no claim to a number one contendership. But the slap, she grew some balls. She did, and which I was glad to see. They gave him 13 minutes, which I was surprised really? about. It was yeah. that long. Mm-hmm. 13 minutes. Uh, I actually thought this was the best in-ring work that Dana's done. That's not saying much. It's not, but they, they, they made her look like strong. Like They made her look like she belonged in there, which they have not really done. Uh, Sasha obviously wins. I love the finish to this match. I thought both their shoulders were down. And we, we went to get, Me that, too. get that triple threat earlier than expected. Because I, I mentioned that would be the match next month. Yeah, her shoulders were down. But I, I think it can't be portrayed as like Bailey being on, on to having her covered in any way. It was more a case of she just was laying flat on her back. But I thought the same thing. I was like, here we go. You can't do this finish again. Yeah, I wasn't thinking. I'm like, you're getting this triple threat away already? Oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. I love when when 
Dana slapped Char- Charlotte. Corey Graves said, that's career suicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. He's awesome. That was great. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was great. So Sasha's officially the number one contender. She's going to have a title shot. Obviously, we're not making predictions yet. We'll be doing that next week. But what what do you think makes more sense? They give it back to Sasha or they keep it on Charlotte? Charlotte. Because I think Bailey's going to win it. For course, because I think Charles, I think Sasha's going to lose, and that'll build up more frustration with, with, with for Sasha. And I think we get a triple threat next month with Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte. Bailey wins there, and that, and that's so it'll build the heat and the jealousy from Sasha from, from Sasha towards Bailey. All I know is I don't want to have a stop and start feud with Sasha and Bailey once it starts. I want it to be like a long term. Feud. Yeah, because it's like, okay, Nia Jax is up and coming, so it's like she's starting to get fed regular women on the roster, so mm-hmm. after Alicia Fox, the only person that really, really left is Paige. Yeah. You're not going to throw some race. She has no relevancy. Paige is a two-time Divas champion already, so you'll throw, so you'll probably throw her out right there, so it's like, okay, so Survivor Series is coming. It's a joint show. What are you going to do with women? Are you going to have a women's title match? Are you going to have women team versus women's Raw versus women's SmackDown team? Mm-hmm. Or what? You can actually kind of spread this out after Bailey wins. You could probably do, they, they probably will do that Survivor Series elimination match. I could probably see that. Yeah. And then maybe Charlotte gets her rematch at Roadblock or Stop Sign, whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be called. <laughs> whatever we're going to call it this year. No, what, uh, me, what's so hard about calling it Armageddon? I don't know. <laughs> What's so hard about that? But I think that can get to December, and maybe around January, you can get the full-blown hail turn. See, now when is Roadblock this year? December. So Roadblock made sense when it was between Fastlane and WrestleMania. My point exactly. <laughs> but just as a thing, no, it, it doesn't. What happened to Armageddon? Yeah. Well, maybe they'll be listening to the show, and they'll change it next year. They need to change it now. Well, yeah, unfortunately they won't. <laughs> but I, th- I think I think that's the best opportunity. But, but you're right. Yeah, that, that's the best booking option. You mm-hmm. hear that? I could book Vince. Bailey wins in October. If they do a women's elimination match, brand versus brand Survivor Series, which kind of does make sense. Mm-hmm. You would want both your champions represented in that match. And then Charlotte could probably get her rematch with Bailey at, at Roadblock. Yeah. And then this, between December and January, you can get the full-blown Sasha Hill turn. Yeah, uh, which uh, I'm very much looking forward to. You brought up Nia Jax a minute ago, being fed actual members of the roster. She had a match with Alicia Fox. Before that, they got to stop with letting these people read promos backstage. When I can see you looking and your eyes moving when you're reading, <laughs> that it just looks bad. Yeah, I'd rather somebody make a mistake or stumble over their words than be obviously reading it. To me. That's just me. But... What I did like was I liked the level of violence in this match. Yeah. I've never seen a woman do a spear through a barricade. Yeah. I mean, that most of the match was outside the, the ring. And, yeah, she, she threw her around and then speared her through the barricade. Built her up, I felt like, huge, especially because it was an actual member of the roster, a former Divas champion. But I thought it was a good performance from Nia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, needed yeah, I, I'm glad. She, I'm glad it went went about that way because remember she is different from everybody else. She's bigger than everybody else, so she's going to do different things than the other women uh, than any other women do. She's going to be more dominant and more of a force. So that's that that proof that she is more of a force than the other women. 
Uh, completely agree, and I think it was it was time to kind of push her up a little bit. And heard from Derek McCauley today that he read somewhere that Paige may return next Monday. Her suspension should be up then. So, because it was because she got suspended the week the, the go home week of SummerSlam. Yeah, so it would be a good uh, a good surprise. Oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah, but the dirt sheets told me she was leaving. Yeah, and she's not. So they lied. As they as they often do, and said that they were they were forcing her to break up with Alberto Del Rio, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she just got his name tattooed on her. Yeah. At least we assumed that was her. Yes. Thank God Joey wasn't here to hear that because I don't know if he could take it. <laughs> How hypocritical would that be if they sat there and said, "You break up with him, we get fired." Yeah. Triple H, Stephanie, John, mm-hmm. Nikki, yeah, Bri- ridiculous. Br- Brian Bree, Carmella, Big Cass. Yeah, one of the Usos and Naomi. Yeah, exactly. They all date each other. Oh, Emma Zack Ryder. Yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of their dating pool. Is and you pick the them roster. to fire them. Yeah, it's Stupid. ridiculous. Uh, tag team division, the New Day. Did you like or not like them calling out the old day? I don't want to talk about this. So you didn't like it. I don't like anything in the tag team division right now. Uh, it's not good. What I will say though is. Xavier Woods is actually really good in the ring. I, I I knew that. And but I think people don't. And you see it when he actually gets to get out there. Like this guy actually is really good. So this is a question I'm going to pose to you. One of my predictions for TJR Wrestling for 2016, I predicted that one of the New Day would win a singles title this year, which we're running out of time. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the most likely member to win a title is Big E. But, dude, I think Xavier could be really successful as a heel singles wrestler. It's hard to be heel nowadays, though, because so, they're so beloved. Well, that's what I think he'd be. Is he, he'd he'd kind of do his, his old school wood stuff, and kids would hate it, but adults would like it. But that's the thing is WWE likes that the crowd being polarized. As long as you care, that's all they care about. Yeah, because I know Xavier Woods can go from his TNA days when he was Consequences Creed. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember his first match in, in TNA. I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. He does the... I, I love the elbow drop from the rope. Mm-hmm. Not the turnbuckle, but he jumps over to the rope and hits the... And he did it from almost the entire way across the ring last night. Really? Or on Mon- yeah, on Monday. Th- th- this is the beginning of the fade away for me. I don't blame you for fading away. Because this was not good. No. Uh, but I don't know. I th- I think Woods has a lot more potential. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see it. Or yeah, not. I do too. But I I said this a couple, for the last few weeks. It's like since probably July, New Day, Enzo and Cass even they have been they have been good. Enzo was on fire against the club, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really done been entertained since. It's like before I heard I would hear his music, I get all excited. Now it's like okay, Enzo and Ka- Enzo and Cass are here. I don't know why they're just gonna put, let these guys face each other already. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Gals and Anderson, they're terrible. They've been good. They're, they're only good when they jump people from behind. That's mm-hmm. it. Other than that, they're not good. And that one little brief period when they were with AJ. AJ. That week. Yeah. <laughs> was that only a week? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, Enzo and Cass run into the Shining Stars backstage. <sighs> Somehow, timeshares got over last night. <laughs> Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico timeshares got over last night. The match, Enzo... I don't want to see Enzo in any more singles matches. <laughs> That's been said a lot on this show. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see it. I don't see any reason for it to happen. 
I hope Vince wasn't paying attention to those timeshares. He might have been, though. He's like, timeshares. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, they'll be giving out timeshare pamphlets every week. Cesaro cut the deficit to 3-2 against Sheamus in the best of seven series. Did you like or not like him putting his feet on the ropes for the pinfall? Liked it. Me too. I'm glad we didn't and see the other, I'm glad we didn't see one match. <laughs> yeah, the one was what? Where was it? In London? Where was it? I think it was London or UK? Um Yeah, I think it was London, yeah. Okay. So it's three two. I can only assume that it's gonna be tied up on Raw next week, and then the final one will be at the pay per view. For a title shot. <laughs> yeah. And again, we don't know what title. A title shot. I laugh so hard because they I can't wait to get a title shot. Mm-hmm. What, you don't even know what title. Yeah, don't even care as long as it's a title. I thought it was a good match, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the match was fun. It's just I don't want to see it anymore. And how do you feel about Bo Dallas's poetry? His uh, mean poetry. <laughs> I'll vote for him over Trump. <laughs> well, would you rather see the Bo Leave, goofy, silly, happy Bo Dallas or the way they're trying to build him now with a little bit of Bo Leave? Me too. I, I actually really like that Bo Dallas. I did like it too. Good heel. I think they should be letting him freestyle more often. Yeah. Don't bring back Floor Rider though. He should be throwing out some Danny Tanner <laughs> lyrics again. I need him versus Cena. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that. That'd be great. So, I'm assuming you don't have anything else to add from Raw. Wasn't a whole lot that happened. Not a whole lot worth talking about. Do better. Okay. <laughs> Raw writers, do better. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not first. Not first. But- you heard it here most recently. You heard it here again. Yeah. <laughs> so, NXT this week. We've been a little bit down on NXT. Did you think it brought it a little more this week or no? It's better than last week. No, nothing got worse than last week because last week was, <laughs> was, was horrible. Well, yeah, not a whole lot happened last week. This week, we got Steve Cutler going against Nakamura. Steve Cutler just kind of blah to me. Just kind of gen- doesn't get much more generic than Steve Cutler. I know what you said about him on your survey. <laughs> what do you think I said? Nothing good. Yeah, no. Boring was kind of the, the main thing. I loved Joe on commentary, though. Like, it defeated, de- de- dejected Samoa Joe uh-huh. on commentary. Broken Joe? Yeah, broken <laughs> Joe. What if they did that? <laughs> broken Samoa Joe. The next generation of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that Graves was really, like, trying to dig into it like what is going on here uh-huh. this is not the Samoa Joe we know I like that he just walked off after Nakamura won curious to see where that goes to be perfectly honest because he even said he's like sometimes in competition like you learn about yourself and I learned I was prioritizing the wrong things so what that means I don't know if he's going to be a baby face I don't know if maybe he just loses again and goes to the main roster I mean like he, he just walked away and the match is over mm-hmm yeah, he just, just walked out. Uh, we got the NXT debut of Tony Nese and Arya Davari. That was a good match. Really good match. TM61 I thought was really good. Those dudes are great. I hope we see a lot more of them. They need a character. <laughs> they do. But that that's what I said last week, though, was that, or two weeks ago, I said Tony Nese would be in the Performance Center right now working with the coaches to start developing some kind of character because did we get a cruiserweight vignette yesterday? Oh, I mean, all wrong. Yeah, I don't know. About if we got guy, a vignette. About I think guys? they just announced it because uh, I didn't pay any mind. Yeah, I don't remember seeing any new guys, but I, I could absolutely be wrong about that because I was doing a lot of fast forwarding on Raw this week. Yeah, 
So usually they're like either right at the beginning or right at the end of a mm-hmm. commercial break, and I, I could have very well missed. Uh, what did you think of Oscar's interview? Um, it got the point across. But remember, she's not as, she's not fluent in English. Yeah, so it got, it's, it's kind of tough for her. But she's very expressive with her face, and I like that she put over Bailey, but then said, you know, there's nobody, nobody ready for me. And I like that she said the title is the most important thing. Always like that when somebody says the title is the mm-hmm. most important thing to them. I like they brought up um, her country, Japan. Me too. And she got to talk to her, yeah. the people from her country in her native language. We had, I liked before Ember Moon's match, they showed her outside. Yeah. In the dark. I thought that was, that a, was a, cool. nice, a nice touch. And what did you think of her first full sale appearance? It was fine. Nothing, nothing to brag about. Just typical NXT build-up match. Yeah. Uh, the crowd seemed to like her. Oh, she was over. I liked how heavy Graves and Phillips put over her finisher, even though it doesn't have a name yet. And I even liked, I think it was Phillips said, like, who else could do that, you know, man or woman, could do this move? Like, that really puts it over. And I think she just has a lot of, uh, she does a lot of fun offense, like mm-hmm. some springboard stuff. I, I like a lot of, like, kind of handsprings and stuff like that. I like what she does. And I'm curious, I'm it's going to be fun watching her develop. Okay, so No Way Jose giving an interview, talking about Bobby Roode. They'll have a match. Well, by the time anyone hears this, this match will have already happened on NXT the previous night. I believe it was the main event of tonight's NXT. Mm-hmm. So No Way Jose, I assume, is going to... Or no, wait, was it Aries? Mm-hmm. No, way, no Way Jose? Bobby Roode. That's right, it is Bobby Roode. Aries was with uh, Almas. So, two new guys that are going to lose to two established guys from from TNA. Austin Aries has his match with Cien Almas. One with the, uh, the Last Chancery. Still haven't gotten my apology from Austin Aries yet. So, I accepted my challenge. Yeah, no. He's, he's shying away from anything that has to do with Matt Madness, I mm-hmm. guess. So not the most eventful NXT we've ever seen, but like you said, it was better than the previous week. Tonight is an exciting night. NXT and the two-hour finale of the Cruiserweight Classic. Unfortunately, we have to be a full week behind where when you hear our reviews of them, the next episode has already happened. But the Cruiserweight Classic, we had Zack Sabre Jr. against Noam Dar. Zack Sabre Jr. has still not grown on me. I didn't like that match. Wasn't a good match. Um, and to me, his whole thing is just like, I'm from the UK and I, I do stuff. <laughs> kind of what the whole thing is. I I just can't. I thought they had pretty good chemistry, I guess, because they're friends. But it just, yeah, I, it didn't hold my interest. I didn't think it was anything exceptional. I didn't think it was nearly the match it should have been based on where it is in the tournament. Do you agree with that? Yeah. How do you feel about Saber overall? Well, I, I, I've seen him wrestle Kurt Angle. That match was fine, but in this tournament, it's just he hasn't brought the athleticism as well as the other competitors in the Cruiserweight Classic have. He's just been very technical. Does he it. have it, and he's not showing it, or does he not have from it? The, from the match it? I have seen, it's more mat based. It's not. It's nothing. It's not flying around all over the place like the other ones are. Which I'm fine with, but it's like he just does kind of. The, one thing and it's just not entertaining to me. Now the match I did like was TJ Perkins and Rich Swan. 
A lot of knee bars on this show. A lot of knee bars. Very popular move to go with. But two of the more entertaining guys in the tournament. Both guys like to dance. Both guys like to go out there and have fun. Um, I like that they got pissed at each other for dancing yeah. in this match. And I, I just liked how hard fought this was. They both were supposed to have suffered an injury during the match. Uh, neither one was at 100% by the end of the match. But I thought that... And then there was like a, a level of like desperation to it. Like, who's going to find a way to win this thing? Obviously, TJ Perkins wins to face... Well, the last four. Kota Ibushi, Grand Metalik, TJ Perkins, and Zack Sabre Jr. I know we talked last week about Ibushi possibly being the obvious winner and no chance he wouldn't win. And tell well, I guess before we get to this, do you have any thoughts on either one of these matches? Um, no, the matches were fine. I thought... The Perkins Swan match was a little bit underwhelming from what I, I expected more out of that match was the matches they've had prior have been awesome, mm-hmm. but the match was fine. It, I, I like them. I like them dissing each other dancing because then yeah. Rich Swan did the dad. He looked so offended, mm-hmm. and yeah. then um, T.J. Perkins was dancing. And Swan got offended. Yeah, it was, it was a good dynamic. You can tell they're friends. That, mm-hmm. And I like, I like after the match, and he right he went right to embrace method after locking in the knee ball. Me too. Uh, so like I said, Ibushi, Grand Metal Leak. Uh, T.J. Perkins and Zack Sabre Jr. We thought Ibushi would be the runaway winner of this thing. But the more I'm thinking about it, and this actually has already happened at this point. I have no idea who won. But my feeling is just Ibushi and Sabre have not signed with yeah, WWE. that's my point too. Perkins and Metalik, I believe, both have. Yeah. So I think I'm changing my prediction to T.J. Perkins being the winner. I am too. So we both are in agreement yeah. on that. Doesn't make sense. What well, that doesn't make sense. You've you created a cruiserweight division, and the winner's not signed. Yeah, that wouldn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, how are you going to debut the winner on Raw? Yeah, or how are you going to debut not debut the winner on Raw? Yeah. You made this big deal. You've kind of combined the two things together. The winner has to be there. So that's what I'm thinking. Now we're gonna we're gonna look like we acted like we didn't know mm-hmm. if we're right. But I'm fine with that. I haven't seen it yet. That's my prediction. Uh, anything else in the world of wrestling you feel needs to be addressed? No. So, any listener questions? Yes, we have a couple. All right, this is this is a good. This is from Donovan Alota and Lloyd. No relation. Yeah. He said, "Do you guys think Sasha Banks versus Bailey will be the new Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn?" I think it has the potential to be. Yeah. There, I mean, there's way more history between the two of them than any other two women. Yeah. And they're both beloved by. Wrestling fans, Sami Zayn can never be a heel, and neither can Bailey. Yeah. So I, I think it's actually a really good parallel. Yeah, I agree completely. Everything you said, and he had also had also asked, I think Enzo and Cass are the new are the new Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Can you guys see that? Based off one guy having the look, the other doesn't. One guy can talk, the other guy has the catchphrase. Yeah, I kind of think that's exactly what they are. Just Road Dog is probably a little more polished as a worker. Than Enzo is. That's very sad. Yeah, it is. But Cass has ten times the potential that Billy Gunn had. Yeah. So no, Billy Gunn had potential. It's just the fact that he wasn't booked properly. Like they pushed this guy. He had potential, but Big Cass is a monster. I just think there's a little more going for Cass. Well, the height. And but, he's got. I think he's got a little more charisma than because Billy, Billy Gunn had the look. Like they pushed. Like he won 99 King yeah. of the Ring, but people won't remember that because it went nowhere. Yeah, I just think the upside of Cass is. 
higher than what it was for Billy. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's a good comparison as well. And then we got another question from Tyrell the Roadblock Miles. Okay. He says, hey, so I recently read Crash Jericho's book, Undisputed. In the second to last chapter, he talks about the Benoit tragedy in great detail and what was going through his mind throughout the whole ordeal. He also talked about the NWO as well as the death of WCW and got me thinking. Which do you think had the greater the greater impact on the world of wrestling? The NWO, the death of WCW, or the Benoit murder-suicide? So that's a really good question and kind of a tough question because all of them obviously had a huge impact on the world of wrestling. So I appreciate the question. So we have the death of WCW, the NWO, and the Chris Benoit situation. I mean, the NWO kind of kind of kick-started what the Attitude Era turned into. Um, like some, some basis in realism. Uh, villains kind of being the guys that fans are cheering for. You have the death of WCW. I mean, there's still a huge effect on the business today because WWE has no competition, which probably is the cause for a lot of the problems in WWE right now. And then obviously the Benoit thing actually had like real life you know, repercussions for WWE. It's probably a big reason for the wellness policy. It's a big reason for trying to take care of these guys more. It's kind of it might even be a big part of why Vince is so hellbent on trying to keep nothing really negative in the show. Like a lot of stuff that's been cut out of the show probably has to do with that. Uh, but I'm going to go with the death of WCW mostly because you need to be pushed. Like it, something as simple as like if you're running track, if you run 400 meters one lap around the track by yourself, and then you run one lap around the track with someone to run against, you're probably going to run a significantly faster time. Vince has nothing to worry about. He doesn't have to take any risks, any chances. He's the biggest company in his industry, and there's nothing anybody could do to get in the way of that. So I think WWE suffers because of that, and that's what I'm going to say. The death of WCW, to me, is the most impactful thing. I'm going to go with the NWO, because if it wasn't for the NWO, wrestling, we don't, we don't know what the landscape of wrestling would look like. We had... the um, Lethal J. Vargas, he mentioned that about Shawn Michaels, about if if Shawn Michaels had, didn't do certain things, who know who knows what, where professional wrestling will be today. Yeah. Same thing with the NWO, because the NWO forced Vince to do things. If NWO wasn't around, who knows if WWF still, WWE would still be in business. Right. So, we, never, we also we never got Stone Cold Steve Austin. We might have had Steve Austin, but we, not, we might not have had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. We might not have had DX. We might not have had The Rock. We might have had Rocky Johnson. We, know, we might not have had Triple H. We might have just had Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we would have got, and the landscape would be, would be different. WCW may possibly still be around today. Yeah. I. If they could have gotten things right, it obviously could have. They could have been legitimate competition for a really long time. Or if they had, you know, were backed properly. Like, it got to a point, if you watch almost anything about that company, there just came to a point where they just didn't care about it anymore, so they just let it die. Yeah. Could have been saved. Yeah, and then also, the NWO, too, because even if the NWO, the NWO didn't exist, the NWO basically, when Nash Hall 
and Hogan their contracts. They have all this kind of creative control. Who knows? They, that company might not have got ran down to the ground. People may actually want to work there. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. So, yeah, if, if TNA can get their act together and give them some competition eventually, that'd be nice. I don't see it ever happening. I just don't think anybody can do it. But I'd like to see it. It's, well, they had somebody that had the funding that, that would fund it, yeah. but... But that's that's the hard thing. Who's gonna have more money than Vince McMahon to fund wrestling? I, I don't know. I mean, there's people that do, but they just have to want to invest it in wrestling. Yeah. Which he's the only he's the only billionaire that wants to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any more questions, or was that everything? That's everything for tonight. All right. So, all of our listeners in the United States, Canada, India, Pakistan, the UK, we have started to get some listeners in Brazil, of all places. Oh. Maybe it's because you had a residency in Rio de Janeiro. Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, For C.K. Joe Rottermill, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Vienna, Austria, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the missing man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.